was a good friend of his, so he refused to serve my grandfather, telling him that he was already too drunk and he might fall off his horse and get hurt going up the mountain. Well, your grandfather became so enraged, my father said to me, laughing con gusto, that he drew his gun and took a few shots at his friend, missing him. Then he roped the hay wagon, set it on fire, and ran it into the man's house, burning it to the ground. Hearing this story, I was shocked and said, But, Papa, how can you tell me this story with such gusto? This is awful. So, said my father, still grinning, life can be awful. So what? But, Papa, I said, to burn a man's house down because he sees you're drunk and tries to help you so you don't get hurt is crazy. Bull, said my father, laughing. What was crazy was for that man to try to talk sense to a wild man who's drunk and armed. That stupid innkeeper should have just served my father his drink and had enough faith in God to let life be life. For, as my mother always said, each one of us has his own destiny to live, and it isn't for little scared nobodies to interfere with the grand plans of the Almighty. And so, here you have it. My father's story, filled with love and fire, rage and hate, and yet the profound understanding that everything is all right, if only we have enough faith in the eternal goodness of God and life. La Vida Victor E. Villasenor Wild Steps of Heaven Book One Grandfather. A time of male consciousness that began about 26,000 B.C., 20,000 years after language started. A time of mindful creation, of volcanic-like birthing. A time of bursting forth from the female womb of dreamlike possibilities with the deliberate, measured male intent of becoming. Way back in the beginning, when men and women still danced to the wild steps of heaven, there lived a great serpent right over there by the Paranca, just beyond that little canyon. The serpent had already eaten several small children, a couple of baby pigs, and terrified innumerable grown men and women. And so, for months now, the whole village lived in constant terror. The serpent was huge, could stand up as tall as a man on horseback, and was so heavy of body that it was said that when she threw herself at a human being, she would crush the person, rendering him or her senseless with just one mighty blow. Oh, la gente of the village just didn't know what to do. They were scared to death to go outside at night, or even afraid to fall asleep in their homes, because who knew maybe the great serpent would come to their very house and crush it while they slept and would eat them all alive. People began to wear necklaces of garlic and hot chili peppers about their waists. The garlic was to ward off the evil spirits, and the hot peppers were in case the serpent caught you and ate you. Then, hopefully, her asshole would burn so badly as she crapped you out thirty-seven days later that she'd never eat another Mexican again as long as she lived, because she'd figured they were all too hot.
Oh, it was truly awful. Only a handful of people had actually seen the serpent so far, and yet she was already the biggest living reality of all the people of the entire region. Some began to equate the serpent to the devil himself. Others said it was the end of the world and Judgment Day was close at hand. But still others, with a little more room for humor in their old souls, said that maybe the serpent was a sign from God announcing the return to the Garden of Eden. And this time, different than the last, the fate of man and woman wouldn't be done by a sneaky little male snake with an apple, but by a big, macho female snake, a toda madre from Los Altos de Jalisco. Then, once and for all, the whole world would know the obvious truth, which was that the true paraíso... Of